Benchmarking is a popular subject in the business management field. Touted as the ultimate competitive strategy, it involves comparing and evaluating your company's products against the best in the industry. It's an essential element in a process often called Total Quality Management, TQM. Benchmarking doesn't work, because regardless of a product's objective quality, people perceive the first brand to enter their mind as superior. When you're a Me Too, you're a second-class citizen. Marketing is a battle of perceptions, not products. When you enter a market, a far better strategy is differentiation. Why are you different from the other players in the category? If you can define that difference in a meaningful way, you can escape the Me Too trap. The what are you selling mistake. This may surprise you, but I've spent a good bit of my time over the years figuring out exactly what people are trying to sell. Defining the product category in a simple, understandable way is essential. Companies, large and small, often have a tough time describing their product, especially if it's a new category and a new technology. Or else, they describe the product in confusing terms that doom the effort right out of the gate. The positioning of a product in the mind must begin with what the product is. We sort and store information by category. If you present a prospect with a confusing category, your chances of getting into his or her mind are slim to none. When faced with the tough task of coming up with a name for what you're selling, start with a simple analysis of how the new product works, then try to use those words to describe it. When the automobile was born, it was christened a horseless carriage, a brief description of how it works. Cable television accurately describes how that system works. There are times when you can adjust the explanation of what you're selling to improve your chances of success. A valve company called Keystone was selling what they called a quarter-turn critical service valve. While this was an accurate description that reflected how the valve worked, it sure wasn't easy to figure out what they were selling. When I took a closer look inside the brochure that described this product, I discovered that this was simply a zero-leakage valve. That was a lot more exciting way to describe what they were selling. A similar change in focus happened at General Mills during a discussion on how to increase the sales of their famous line of helpers, hamburger, chicken, and tuna. They were traditionally sold as extenders that made meat go farther. This decidedly down-market concept isn't a powerful idea in and of itself, especially when times are good. You must adjust your category concept with care, because it's difficult to change the minds of customers or prospects. With a modicum of experience in a product category, a consumer assumes that he or she is right. A mental perception is often interpreted as a universal truth. People are seldom, if ever, wrong, at least in their own minds. Once upon a time, some soft drink executives believed that marketing is a battle of taste. The Coca-Cola company produced a sweeter-tasting cola and conducted 200,000 taste tests that proved New Coke tasted better than Pepsi-Cola and their original formula now called Coca-Cola Classic. You know the end of the story. The soda that research showed tasted worst, Coca-Cola Classic, is today's best-selling cola. People weren't interested in New Coke. You believe what you want to believe. You taste what you want to taste. Soft drink marketing is a battle of perceptions, not of taste. The 
other guy's idea mistake. It's bad enough to launch a Me Too product, but equally problematic is a Me Too idea. Two companies cannot own the same concept in the prospect's mind. When a competitor owns a word or position in the prospect's mind, it's futile to attempt to own the same idea. Volvo has preempted the concept of safety. Many other automobile companies, including Mercedes-Benz and General Motors, have tried to run marketing campaigns based on safety. Yet no one except Volvo has succeeded in getting into the prospect's mind with a safety message. Another massive marketing effort aimed at someone else's word can be found in Bunnyland. To be specific, the pink Energizer bunny that's trying to take the long-lasting concept away from Duracell. No matter how many bunnies Everready throws into the fray, Duracell will still be able to hang on to the word long-lasting. Duracell got into the minds of customers first and preempted the concept. Even the Dura part of the name communicates it. When you have a clear, well-expressed, differentiating idea for your product, producing more versions only makes your message increasingly fuzzy. Chevrolet was once a good value, a family car. It was number one in sales. Then, endless versions made it a cheap, expensive sedan sports car truck van. Everything for everybody. Today, it's number four in sales. For many companies, line extension is the easy way out. Launching a new brand requires not only money, but also an idea or concept. For a new brand to succeed, it ought to be first in a new category. Or the new brand ought to be positioned as an alternative to the leader. Big companies that wait until a new market has developed often find these two leadership positions already preempted, so they fall back on the old reliable line extension approach. Trouble usually ensues. When you study categories over a long period, you can see that adding more can weaken growth, not help it. History has shown how difficult it is for big companies to hit a 15% target in earnings, a favorite number. But there remains no scarcity of executives willing to assume they can do it. In its heyday, about 1980, Miller Beer had two brands, High Life and Light. Their sales ran about 35 million barrels of beer. Then they added Genuine Draft. By 1990, sales had slipped to 32 million barrels. Undaunted, they continued to add more and more Miller brands. Sales continued to go nowhere as Budweiser got stronger and stronger. Finally, after almost 20 years of more, their parent company, Philip Morris, came to town and fired the top management of Miller. What took them so long? Philip Morris should know a more is less problem when they see one. The same thing happened to their flagship brand, Marlboro. In an effort to maintain growth, Marlboro introduced Marlboro Lights into Marlboro Country. Then they introduced Marlboro Mediums, then Marlboro Menthol, and even Marlboro Ultralights. Suddenly, for the first time in memory, the brand started to turn down. It's obvious what the problem was about. Real cowboys don't smoke menthols and ultralights. Philip Morris isn't stupid. They're back in Marlboro country with the red and white package. There's not a menthol or medium in sight in their advertising. The more you add, the more you risk undermining your basic differentiating idea, which is the essence of your brand. If, as in Marlboro's case, the product stands for full flavor, 
How can that attribute hold up when the company starts to offer other flavors or weakened flavors? Michelob was once a very successful, expensive, full-flavored beer. Then it introduced Michelob Light and Michelob Dry. The brand went downhill. Heineken, another expensive, full-flavored beer, obviously learned from that mistake. Their light beer was called Amstel Light, which is doing very nicely with the brilliant differentiating idea 95 calories never tasted so imported. Once upon a time, a company called EverReady had a strategy to offer whatever kind of battery you wanted. Then along came Duracell. They sacrificed a lot of business and offered only alkaline batteries. Duracell became the specialist in long-lasting alkaline batteries and a differentiated success. But they weren't the leader and had nothing to lose. The need for growth tends to make market leaders vulnerable. Rather than give up anything, they keep adding more. Most failed brands once had a good idea that they undermined by adding more and more versions. Will this speech keep Wall Street at bay? Probably not, but it will make for one interesting analyst meeting. The not attacking yourself mistake. Much has been written about the likes of DEC, Xerox, AT&T, and Kodak, and their efforts to move from slow growth to high growth businesses. When this is exacerbated, companies are faced with what have been called disruptive technologies. DEC faced the desktop computer revolution, Xerox the surge in laser printing, and Kodak the digital camera. Transforming a company when the underlying technology changes is no easy task. First of all, Wall Street is upset because lots of shareholder money starts to disappear in efforts that earn very little in return. Traditional customers are often